Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast and our weighty wall-to-wall wandering woefully devoid of all wisdom. John, punt, what a pair of gritty away performances from our boys and dare I say now we've got a better grasp of this squad's identity? Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. I mean, two crazy away victories. I mean, I, I really didn't see those coming. I think last time we spoke um, to, to Oliver Skip on the pod last time out, I was kind of hinting that if we came away unscathed from those two games, and I was thinking two draws would be a good result, then um, then we'd be laughing and we could really kick on. And, you know, we're, we're sat here six points um, in the bag and actually the the side and the squad has shown so much character with both of those wins, I think, because Middlesbrough offered a really different test, a, a physical test. Um, and in that first half, especially, I thought that they were they were really well drilled, really well organised. And, and we struggled a little bit against them, but we worked it out. And, um, you know, I think what's really encouraging, and I, I noted th- this in our latest um, Melancombe Norwich um, match review, was... We just seem to find a way at the moment. We're just grinding things out. And if we continue to do that, champions do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited, mate. I think it's a it's a testament to the squad. We, we did think that we had a great squad. We did think that we had the best squad, sec- certainly in the second flight we've ever had. Um, and we also probably didn't think that after 13 games we would have needed to use nearly every player yeah. like we have already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I, I want a, a couple of shout outs from, from me um, to uh, to Sorensen, who I thought was, was excellent on Tuesday night. Absolutely fantastic. Again, you just have to remind yourself that he, that's not his position. Um, yet, yet, you know, he... he he almost had a, a brilliant referee game in that you didn't really... It took me until the kind of start of the second half to think, oh, hang on a minute. Yes, we've got that guy who's not a left-back playing left-back. You know, he was he was superb. Um, really love it when he does step up with the ball as well. And also Alex Tetty, you know, we, we everyone knows that, that we, we love Alex Tetty on um, on this podcast. But my word, what so accomplished... Um, you know, so few minutes of football played so far this season. And it was like he'd never been away... Um, he did what he did. He did Alex Tetty things, i.e., you know, relatively early um, cocking up a quite simple pass, um, but but generally picked the sensible option, calmed everyone down, um, and smiled his way through it. I, I thought I thought he was superb, John. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And actually, well, I nearly completely agree with that. I actually think Alex Tetty has started to do non-Alex Tetty things probably over the last. 18 months and I think that speaks to Farker's coaching it would be really nice actually to get a view from from Alex Tetty um, which we asked for last season and we weren't able to speak to him unfortunately but um, it would be really nice just to hear from him what he thinks of Farker's coaching because I've been re- I think his passing game has come on no end and there's probably statistics to back it up that I can't be bothered to to look up but he seems to be much more comfortable playing in, in tighter pockets of space he seems to be much more comfortable taking on you know, kind of maybe 15, 20 yard more difficult passes that than, you know, kind of he perhaps he wouldn't have done before. Yeah, of course, you know, his bread and butter is the the five to ten yards kind of shifting it sideways. But he's he's got a little bit more in his locker now. And you ally that with the fact that you know, positionally he's just so good. I mean his experienced head really I felt kind of helped in um, you know, towards the closing stages of, of the match this week. Um yeah, I I think give him another year. I'd be well up for that. Give him another year. Well, I think if, if if this season goes um the way it's going at the moment, he he's certainly gonna we're certainly gonna have the cash to 
to, to accommodate him, even if he's in a ceremonial role, just being, being rolled out before games. Um, so one stat that I don't need to bother looking up because it's so obvious is Emmy's good for a red card every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it was, I saw, I did see a bit of commentary around, um, around maybe taking him off after the yellow card because he was, he, you know, a few people said, oh, I think it was obvious it was going that way. To be honest, I don't actually think that he was showing the kind of petulance that have preceded his other red cards. Um, you know, the, the QPR one a couple of seasons back, I seem to remember it was a good sort of half an hour of um, silliness leading up to mm. it and it really yeah. was coming. Uh, likewise, uh, the game, it was the final game of the season, um, where 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 he got sent off, him and um, Doctor Mike both got sent off. Um, again, he seemed to have just started that game, got out the wrong side of the bed. I actually don't think there was that much. I, I actually think his, his character has been has been pretty spot on so far, including kind of chasing back straight away, fewer drops. Although again, I haven't seen him in the flesh anything like as much this season. So sometimes the strops are off camera, but um, yeah, I, I thought he was terrific. Um, best player on the, on the, the pitch as, as, as Farker said, um, you know, when he was on it um, and look, yes, we're going to miss him for, for one game, but uh, if, if I, I'm afraid I, it seems silly to, to, to go a bit early 13 games, but you feel that if, if he's fit and he stays that you can't see us, you can't see us not creating enough chances to, to be top two really. Cause he looks like he is, he's exactly, He's too good for the championship, just like we thought he was going to be again, and and it's coming to pass again. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think he was, he was, it was probably the most accomplished performance we'd seen from him this season, up until the red card. He looked like the Emmy of eighteen nineteen. He looked like he was motivated. He was doing a lot of his defensive work, which I think you know kind of embodied a lot of his good work in twenty eighteen nineteen, where you know he'd be really happy to kind of back up Max Aaron's and, and track back and and then set the the attacks in motion and then join them later as well um so there was plenty of defensive discipline but more so he just looked so confident he just looked silky going forward and and Farkas talks a little bit about Emmy having to be at 100 100% to be really effective and I think we we're, we're starting to see that now he's played his way back in he's he's match sharp um he probably doesn't need a, a matches rest unfortunately I, I think on the red card we can probably cut him a little bit of slack in so much as this is a, this is a 23 year old lad um i think a lot of people have, i've heard say that the first booking was a bit harsh i disagree i think you know he went into that um quite not necessarily recklessly but he didn't need to to stretch for that ball he didn't he didn't need to go in for that challenge and he was late he was quite late the second one is is definitely yellow i can't disagree with the referee's decision but you know it they're almost they're not daft challenges, are they? You know, kind of they're challenges no, where no. it's at, it's born out of desire. It's born out of the fact that he he's trying to give his all for the team, and, and I've got no issue with that. Um, I've, I've seen I've seen high foots like that not given. I, I yeah. think it's the fact that he was on the yellow. The ref was desperate to to get him off. You know, he had his hand in his pocket, but before him, he had hit the ground. I I I think he was a bit unfortunate with the second one. I, he, he was so clearly. He didn't move towards the player. He jumped, and as he was in the air, he was drifting. Yeah. His, his his foot went immediately up. It wasn't a kick. He jumped up with his foot in the air, and it stayed in the air. Yes, okay, he made contact with the player, but only after that did he even be aware of where the player was. So like you say, it's maybe a little bit naive, and when you're on a yellow card, you should really have it at the front of your mind that you don't want to give the referee an excuse, right? I think but, he was, it was no, more no, instinctive, I, I though. I think that was the thing, yeah. is that he, instinctively, yeah. he does that a lot. You know, he goes for high balls and leads with his foot quite a bit. Um, 
But you know, he's good enough to pick out. Well, yeah, he is, yeah, and he's probably good enough that if he had had have gone unchallenged with that, he'd have taken a touch and it would have just dropped dead on the floor at his feet. You know, he was in that kind of form um, on was it Tuesday? It was always Tuesday evening, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So he looked he looked as good as he'd looked this season, and it's a real shame that we're not going to have him for Saturday. Well, speaking of not having people for Saturday, I think the, the, <laughs> big, the biggest injury probably is going to be Timmy, Timmy Cruel, Timmy, Timmy Cruel. Um, I mean, I, I was. Very heartened by uh, Mikey, as I believe Daniel has decided to start calling him, rather than Mickey. Um, so we will we will follow suit. Um, so I, I thought Mikey did uh, did really well. I, I don't remember him in his previous cameos being anywhere near that good at coming for balls and coming and 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 causing causing trouble for for people lobbing it into the box. So that was really heartening to see. Maybe that's something that we've coached coached into him. And likewise, um, I do think that more diminutive keepers. Who are less, maybe a little bit less um, shouty and less likely to waste time, like Tim is. He's no, no referee's friend. Maybe he is more likely to get the odd decision when it comes to being bundled or over the line or, or going down in the box from a corner. I, I think shorter keepers do get that kind of decision more often. Yeah, apparently he's not that much shorter. I'd seen plenty of chat on Twitter um, on the evening of the game that he's only two centimetres shorter than Tim Krull, which doesn't no, no, seem possible not. to me. You like, I'm not having that. No, I'm, I'm not, not having, having that. that. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, I, I guess you know. By the by, um, this feels a bit weird because I think I'm I'm the one that is about to be negative about Norwich City, and you're the one that's just been really glowing and positive. But I'm a bit worried, um, and it, this isn't a slight on on Michael McGovern because ultimately, in terms of a shot stopper, he's probably as good as you'll get as a Championship backup. You know, kind of that of that, I have no issue with. My worry is that the way in which Norwich City play is very much, you know, kind of we, we, it's a possession-based style. We're going to want to break the press. We're going to want our goalkeeper. or We want, you know, Tim Krul to, to be on the ball quite a lot. So stylistically, we're going to have to evolve a bit at, or, or you know, kind of regress um, to an extent and we're, we're going to have to go longer. And we don't have the personnel, I think, to do that. So Farker's got to work that out. That's a little bit of a conundrum because... Ultimately, if you had Michael McGovern playing in goal, I'd be, as much as his first touch was garbage against Middlesbrough, I'd be much more comfortable with someone like Jordan Hugel playing up front who could you know, win a few flick-ons and, and hold the ball up. And then maybe Timmy Pukki in the 10 um, behind him, you know, kind of because you, you can't drop him at the moment. Um, but stylistically, I think we, we have to do something. I mean, the other options would have been someone like Kenny McLean, who's, who's really strong aerially, maybe pop him in the 10. He's injured. Um, Mar- Marco Stieperman might be concussed. Timmy Pookie, there's a you know, question mark over his um, his fitness at the moment. So, actually, I think it's pretty bleak from you know an injury perspective at the moment. And I looked, so I actually prepared a little bit for this pod, mate. That might amaze you because um, that's not the usual form. But I looked at the team for Saturday, and we've got a potential of twelve first teamers out. So the back five pretty much picks itself. So it's it's the back four from Saturday and, and Michael McGovern. You, if if Rupp is out, you're looking at Skip and Tetty again. But then it's the it's the three in behind and the striker. I've I've got no idea what kind of team we're going to be playing against um, Coventry and and beyond because the the injuries just keep on coming. You'd be looking at because Josh Martin was fantastic um, in the week. He was terrific. Got to play him again. Steeperman looked all over the shop like you know I didn't actually see the incident so when I watched it back later on I mean he he looked really groggy in in quite a bad way um so 
I don't think I think he's probably got a concussion and he's not playing at the weekend. So then you've got an issue with a ten. You probably stick someone like Mario Vrancic in there, although I don't think he's a ten. He'll probably do for a game. Um, Camp was out. Buendia suspended. So there's only really Shemi to come back in to play on the other flank if you if you're playing a four two three one. And then you're hoping and praying that that Puki is available. And if even if he is, I don't know who the hell we're going to name on the bench either because. We've got Barden, the young goalkeeper, um, Zimmerman, obviously, and then it's youngsters, like kind of, and a lot of the youngsters are out on loan as well. So this is, you know, effectively we're going to be looking at really, really young players, like 18, 19 year olds um, occupying the bench. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned because Coventry are a pretty well drilled side. And as much as, you know, kind of we can look at it and, and if we do get, you know, if we manage to, um, you know, stick a few plasters on players and, and get them out in some kind of fitness, then we might be all right. But this is just getting worse and worse. You know, the, the glut of games that are, are coming now, I, I don't know, none of the injuries are short-term, are they? Well, Campwells isn't too long. Yeah, um, that's fair. And, and and likewise, you'd expect Stevie to be back by midweek. You know, he's not going to be more than, more than a week out. Uh, and that's it. Cheer me I, up. Come on. Yeah, well, well also, this is, um, I mean, I... So, you know, professional broadcasters would would um, preface the next statement with um, you know no lack of respect or whatever. Whereas everyone knows I don't respect anyone but Norwich anyway, um, so I don't have to bother. Um, but you know, if you're going to be playing two of the bottom four, you know, in the next three games, then now's the time to do it, right? When we haven't got anyone fit. So you know, we do have two of the bottom four. They are down there for a reason. They might be well organised. They might have won last time out. But you know, it is you know they have also got a goal difference of minus ten. So you know, they they they're not exactly fantastic at the back mm-hmm. so it might it might be useful to to, to play a slightly changed, changed team what I don't think we can do um, and and you know it is not what he was brought to the club for and it probably isn't what he would put on his CV as being good at but Shemi running around like a headless chicken for 20 minutes will not fucking cut it like that is that's yeah. not an option so I'm glad in a way that we've we've got away with the game where where Farker has had 20 minutes to say right so Shemi doesn't offer us anything and I, I, that is absolutely no no knock on Farker at all it, that was a phenomenal win I, I would actually put that up there in terms of a result with the in the context, I would put that maybe top 10, top 15 Farker results. In fact, no, definitely top 10 Farker results. Not in terms of importance, because obviously he's just still early in the season and he's had some significant wins. Like obviously, the Blackburn win was relatively comfortable, but more significant in terms of ceiling promotion. But the 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 amount of things that went against us in the mm. game, okay, um, yeah, we three, three chances and we took them all. Um that's that's yeah, but you've you've got a hungry Pookie. You've got a motivated Pookie. He's come down and he's motivated. And and what a sublime finish! Um, the uh, you know the, the goal across that the, the, he half volleyed across the goal. I mean that is a, a world class finish. And we've got. I mean Michael O'Neill in the post match interview said that you know he's the best striker in the championship. And it's you quite often say things like that when you've just lost to someone because you you want to try and you know limit how bad it is to to have lost at home to to ten men. Um, but you know he he he's got to be up there, right? Because th- some of the performances he's put in in the last two or three games have been been fantastic. Um, so yeah, that, that's my own my only. Con- I'm not too fussed about McGovern because um, that that is only a few weeks, and I know there's a lot of games in the next few weeks. But let's have it right. We're top of the league, right? With with four points, with four points from third at the moment, with everyone playing thirteen, um, and uh, we're also uh, you know, we've also on a really good run where we have put a lot of 
um, wins and results together, which means look, if we have to lose two of the next six, if, if we only pick up you know five points from the next four or five or what, what have you, then yeah, it'll be disappointed. Some of those games will probably be frustrating, but we've earned we've earned to have a bit of a blip now from the fact that we, we've had such a good good bit of momentum in, in the in the last kind of six weeks. So, you know, I think everyone can can be needs to be eyes wide open that is going to be challenging. But I tell you what, it, if Farker can pull out something in the next three run of three games, um, you know, Luton, Coventry, and and Sheffield Wednesday, and Sheffield Wednesday, when I've seen highlights, they look like no mugs. You know, when you look, when when you see yeah. bits of their games, it does seem strange. I know they had the points. Well, there's change but- of manager, isn't isn't there as well? So you know, kind of this, recently, monks left, um, and they got a really good result in the week. So they, they drew with Swansea, and they were, I think they were winning that for for quite a large but portion even- of the game. But even without their points deduction, they would still be um, in. They still be nineteenth. Mm. So they, they, they still haven't done very well, even even if you take don't take that into account. So, look, you know, we are playing people who with whom they will be worried, whatever team we put out, um, because we're top of the league and, and flying and playing some good stuff in between some really gritty stuff. Um, so, yeah, I I think you're right that it's you know we have to be worried. You'd be, you'd be foolish not to be worried with that that number of players out. But given given the kind of Given the kind of performance that we've had at the back, and this is this is when I was reflecting on it um, the, the the day after the, the game, so Wednesday, um, Hanley and Gibson, um, my word, I mean they are just. I, I was kind of thinking back to previous centre back partnerships, and I mean yes, Godfrey and Zimmerman were we liked them a lot and we were getting a lot of wins, but I'm not necessarily, there was that much fantastic defending. No, they, I'm, I'm, they continue to concede. They're a hell of a pair, aren't they? They continue to, so Godfrey and Zimmerman, I looked at the stats on this a, a while ago, they, they, we, our defence definitely sharpened up. So it's a little bit of a myth that our defence was woeful during 18-19. And certainly when Godfrey and Zimmerman came together, it was something like our goals conceded per, per game went from like 1.4 to like 1.1 or, or you know something like that so we weren't con- shipping loads of goals but we were continuing to ship goals probably at a rate which is higher than most teams that would that would win the go on and win the league um now we've got a defensive record that you know is good enough um generally in general terms to go on and win the league and means that actually the injuries which are all in offensive areas at the moment you look at you know Buendia suspended Campwell out Steepenman possibly concussed Hernandez you know kind of out long term I mean, that's, you know, kind of, that's our first choice, you know, three in behind Pookie, um, or, you know, kind of, it's always going to be three of those four if they're all fit. Um, plus Eder and Hugel. Yeah, plus Eder and Hugel. And Pookie is kind of knackered and possibly injured, you know, kind of he's, he's nursing a hamstring injury, I think, um, is the suggestion from Farker as well. So that's a real worry. And it, it's kind of weird that, that the position that we were all worried about before was centre-back and now no one's worried about that because, you know, the two centre-backs are in the form of their lives potentially and Christos Zimmerman can't even get a look in. So it's weird. You never know how football's going to turn out and because we'd have, I'd, I'd have almost bet, you know, kind of quite a lot of money that if we were going to get injuries in an area, it was going to be centre-back. But um, well, There's still time, John. There's yeah, still time. yeah, we'll talk <laughs> it up for this weekend, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, to, to, to kind of recap on that, I, I am... Uh, I, I think that might be actually an, an interesting piece we could do for the next fanzine, kind of ranking ranking the, the, the Farker results over the years so far. 
um, doing do a top 10 because we, we also want to do the, 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 the transfer ones as well, which mm. we talked about uh, looking back on what have been the best comings and goings, the best decisions. But yeah, I, for, I don't know if you think it's hyperbole, but it's not that much recency bias. We, you know, we're, we're a couple of days out now. I just think that away, cold, Tuesday night in November in Stoke, you know, that that was a phenomenal performance to come up with that result. It was it was a really, really huge performance. I think, to answer your question, I, I don't think it's going overboard to say that these two are as good as we've had for some time. And you could possibly go back to, oh, I don't want to say Malky and Flem, but it probably is Malky and Flem, or potentially um, Russell Martin and Seb Basong. I know that would be controversial, but the back end of the 2014-15 season, they were absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, I, th- I think they're the, probably the only ones that, that would come close. But the reason this performance in the week impressed me so much is, I don't know about you, but I went into injury time and I thought, this really feels like St. James's Park, 2016, 17, 3-2, going into injury time. Um, you know, we're going to fuck this up. You know, There's going to be at least an equaliser. And if they grab an equaliser early enough, then there might be a winner. And we didn't look in that much trouble. Actually, we managed the game really, really well. And it's a, it was a similar stage of the season. So I think... The Newcastle game, 16-17, was maybe like a 10th, 11th game. This is our 13th game. Um, and it kind of said a lot about our character. And I think the squad is going to take so much from that. And Ben Gibson talked about it afterwards, I think, in his post-match press about, you know, kind of how much the the character is kind of shining through with this squad at the moment. I, I'm really, really impressed. Like, the only thing that's going to undo us is injuries now. Well, they're doing their best to to undo us, but let's hope that we get a bit of luck in that regard um, and we field some kind of team on Saturday. I'm feeling confident. Enjoy the game against Coventry. Good to speak to you, John, as always. Mind, how you go. 